Welcome to this week's Moonlight of Amuna, Parshas Yisroi. This week's learning should be as chos for Fushlem, for Chanamash, Bas Vilchesh, Mel Sherezam, Vilchavachav, Menach Mordechai, Ben Ophira, Elionishmas, Henya Basichiel Mechel, and Ratzabas Menachemendel. So we have the, the momentous occasion of this week's Parsha of Matan Torah, and we, we have the lead up of, the, of this tremendous moment where the Jewish people are gathered. And they're awaiting this uh, this this revelation, the greatest revelation that the world has ever seen. And in Parak Yutes, Pasuk Yudzayin, the Pasuk says, Vayoytze Moshe Esa'am, Likra Kim, right? Moshe brought the people out from the camp towards Hashem, going to, to reach Minamachna from the camp. Vayisyatsu Sahar. And they stood beneath the mountain. They stood uh, beneath the mountain, at the bottom of the mountain, beneath the mountain. Right? Really, literally, it means at the bottom of the mountain. But we know there's a pshat that it was beneath the mountain. Rashi tells us, and it's uh, the Gemara. The Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Peches tells us, and I'll read you the, the lush of the Gemara. They 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 encamped, or they or they uh, they. Um, I'm sorry, uh, that they stood at the bottom of the mountain, says the Gemara, Amr of Avdimi Bar Choma Bar Chasa. Says Avdimi, the son of Choma, the son of Chasa, Malamit Shekofa Kadosh Bochole Hashem held the mountain over their heads. Hashem, uh, Hashem oh, turned the mountain over, over their heads. Malamit Shekofa Kadosh Bochole like a barrel. Hashem uh, held it over them like a barrel. If you uh, if you accept the Torah, good. But if not, Shem take for us from here. You'll be buried. This is where you'll be buried. Amr of Achabar Yaakov. Achabar Yaakov says, "Mikan moido rabla raisa." This is a problem with the Torah. In other words, we always have a defense against the Torah, saying that we didn't, we never wanted to accept it. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu forced us to accept it. Amr Rava Rava says, "Afal pichain." Nevertheless, Hader Kabluvi Mechashverish. They later on in the days of Achashverish, in the story of Purim, the Jewish people reaccepted the Torah. Dechsev kimu bekiblu Yehudim that they got up and they reaccepted it. Kimu mashikiblu kvar. They accepted they, upon themselves what they accepted before, and uh, this is always a troublesome Gemara because we know that the the. Uh, that the Torah in the Torah it says that the Jewish people said Nasav and Ishma that will willingly accept the Torah, so it seems to be like a contradiction. They willingly accepted it, and yet here we see that Hashem Hashem forced them uh, <coughs> that Hashem forced them to accept the Torah. And the question is, if the Jewish people willingly accepted it, so why why did they have to? Why did Hashem have to force them to to do it? Moshe already told them that Bnei Yisrael said Nasa v'Nishma, right? That's in next week's parsha, Nasa v'Nishma. So what was it? What was it? Uh, what was what was going on here? What was the purpose of, of forcing them if they already had accepted it willingly? And uh, and what's the meaning of accepting it willingly and forcing? There seems to be two elements here. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe explained. He explained as follows. He said that. Uh, when the, when the Gemara tells us that the Jewish people were forced to accept the Torah, Hashem forced them, it wasn't that they accepted it against their will. That's not the type of coercion that we're talking. But that, the, that their willingness, their saying, Nasev and Ishma, itself was forced. What does that mean? So he says that, that sometimes you have a person who makes a decision of his own free will, but he really didn't have a choice. Like for example, let's say you have a person. He comes to a fork on the in the road, right? And one way he knows that there's uh, all kinds of good things waiting for him. There's going to be a delicious meal. There's going to be somebody's going to give him money. And the other way he's going to go through a thing infested with alligators and 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 other things. Now, technically, he has the choice of which road to take. But there's really no no choice, right? He's forced into choosing that. Or a person who, you know, uh, uh, 
he, he sees something so clearly that that he really doesn't have a choice. So technically, he's exercising free will by making a choice, but really it's not much of a choice. So, so explains Lubavitch Rebbe that a person who understands, right, he realizes what a life of Torah means, that it's the ultimate bracha in a person's life, and that if a person lives a life without Torah, that, 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 it's no life at all. It's not. It's not life, right? It's considered misa, right? Sadikim bechayim akrim akrim chayim. That at tzaddik, even when he's dead, it's considered life because he lived the life of Tera. And a rasha bechayehem akrim mason. That even when they're alive, it's considered death. So when a person sees that, if a person were to recognize and understand what a life of Tera is versus what a life without Tera is, it's it's impossible. He's coerced into making the choice of living a life of Tera. Now. When the Jewish people came to Matan Torah in this week's parsha, they only left Mitzrayim 49 days ago, 50 days ago. They had left Mitzrayim. They had left a place that was the we know that the Chazal call call it the Erva Saaretz, right? The the the, 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 the not just Chazal, in Parshish Miketz, it's referred to uh, Yosef when he's re- confronting the brothers. He says, Atem uh, um, says, Ervas Basim. You came to see the Ervas which Chazal say means like Eretz Mitzrayim, the land of Egypt, was the lowest place of the world, the shame of the earth. It was it was disgusting place of the earth. So the Jewish people are in a situation now. They just left Mitzrayim. They left the lowest. We know they were on the 49th level of Tumah. Now they only had 49 days from when they left Mitzrayim till they got to Matan Torah. There's no way they could have had this, they, 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 on their own, they could have gone through this shift of going from the 49th level of, of Tumah to this monu- monumental, momentous occasion of receiving the Torah, the greatest revelation the world has ever seen, where three million people saw Hashem, heard Hashem's voice, right? How could they have possibly done that in 49 days to fully appreciate what was going on? Rather, Hashem gave them special revelation, right? They had revelation already at, at Kriyas Yamsuf. Hashem gave them this revelation that they were able to see to see this. They were able to, to improve themselves so quickly. But really, this wasn't voluntary. It wasn't that they worked on themselves from, for years to get from Erva Sa'aretz to this uh, gilui of, of Elikus, this revelation of, of Hashem's presence. So therefore... When they said Nasev and Ishma, they meant it. Of course, they meant Nasev and Ishma, but it wasn't really their free will. They were shown this tremendous, in such a quick time, they were shown this tremendous revelation. They were taken from this 49th level of Tumah to this level of seeing the greatest revelation so quickly that they really, they had no choice. It's as if they were shown one path versus another path that, that, that was so clear that this is the right path. So yes, of course they voluntarily said Nasev and Ishma, but it wasn't really uh, on their own. It's not like they came came to that real that came to that decision on their own free will having having uh having to work through things but rather they were given this hashem gave them this special revelation from above that and and they were, it was so clear to them they had this clarity of vision that with a life without torah is not is not a life at all and therefore it was as if they were they were forced into making this decision it was it was they were forced into making this decision because they had no choice like the guy who's on the on the uh, paths and he sees one path that is full of life and the other path path that's guaranteed death so that's what happened here it was so clear that um, it's almost as if their bechira was taken away from them that's what the gemara means they were forced hashem forced them they had no choice their bechira was taken away to 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 a great degree 
And therefore, and, and they didn't appreciate it on their own because they worked through the situation, because they improved themselves and they worked through, but it was taken away from them. That's what the Gemara means. They were coerced. Of course they said Nasev and Ishma, and of course they willingly, they willingly did it. But what was that willingness, real willingness, was that really free will? The answer is it was not. It was coerced. It was it was Kafalem Hakagigas, as if Hashem held the mountain above them. They had no choice. There was no more free will here. After after many years later, when they no longer had this clear revelation anymore, when they're in Gullus by, by Achashverosh, right, and they thought, without getting into the whole Purim uh, story, but they thought that the 70 years that they were promised to, to be redeemed and taken back into, into, into Eretz Yisrael passed, and then they see this miracle of Purim, but it was a concealed miracle. We know that the miracle of Purim was not, was not revealed like other miracles. There, there was a, there was, they had the opportunity to, be, to have Bechira. Things were confusing. Things were not so clear. Now they were able to kimu v'kiblu ayhudim, kimu mashikiblu kfar. They were able to accept what they accepted before. At Harsinai, their acceptance, even their willing acceptance, was somewhat forced. By Purim, after this, by the story of Purim, they no longer had this clarity. And yet, in the confusion, they re-accepted the Torah. That's real exercise of Bechira. That's real willing acceptance of, 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 of the Torah and of Hashem's uh, control over our lives. Once the inspiration of Matan Torah and the inspiration of leaving uh, Mitzrayim after seeing the Makas and after seeing Kriyas Yamsuf and after seeing all the revelations that they saw, all the miracles, without that inspiration, it's much more difficult to accept to accept uh, accept the Torah. And that's what the Gemara meant. We said Moidad Rabba Laraisa that this is a, a, a strong claim against the acceptance of the Torah is because you could say, look, it was so clear to me then. That doesn't mean that generations later, when things are not clear to me, that I really accepted. And that's why the Jewish people reaccepted it when it comes to the to the miracle of Purim. I saw a beautiful another beautiful idea on a few Pesukim earlier. The Pasuk tells us in Parak Yudtes, Pasuk Hey, when Hashem is leading up to the introduction to giving the Torah, they came to Karsinai, so Hashem says to them, you will be my choice, my treasure, you will be a uh, you will be um you will be my treasured nation from amongst all the nation, Kili Kala Aretz, because the entire world is mine. Which doesn't seem, why can Hashem say, you will be a skula mikala amim, you will be my treasure from all the nations. What does it mean, Kili Kala Aretz? So I saw a beautiful idea from Shirshan David Pincus. He tells a story that once when he was going from Eretz Yisrael to, the, to America, he was taking a flight, and somebody asked him if he could bring thousands of dollars. He had to send it to somebody, or he needed to have it in America, and he asked him if he could bring it. So he says, yes, I'll do him that favor, but he was nervous about it. He's carrying a lot of money. He wasn't used to carrying so much money. So he said that he put the bill, all the, all the money, into one of his pockets, and he even sewed up the pockets. He made sure that the pockets were, were, were very uh, secure. He even sewed it up. And he said when he was on his flight, like every 15 minutes, he would put his hand on the pocket to make sure that everything was still there. He said he couldn't forget about it. He said even when he dozed off a little bit on the plane, he dreamed that somebody may be taking the money. He was like reaching for it even when he was, when he was sleeping. Right? So he says that this that taught him what this Pasuk means. That Hashem says you're a treasure amongst the nations because the entire earth is mine. He says Hashem is saying you're going to be treasured uh, amongst all the nations. But Hashem doesn't say you're going to be you're going to be to me like a like a diamond, like gold, like a lot of money. Rather, skula, which Rashi says, 
is Oitzer Chaviv, a very precious uh, treasure, unimaginable wealth, something beyond value. So he says, said Rapinkas, if I was watching this few thousand dollars of somebody else so carefully, where I was so I was so meticulous about it, he says, now we understand that Hashem treats us like his treasure. Right now, you could think that Hashem says, Hashem says, you know what, you're going to be my treasure, you're going to be so precious to me because I don't have anything better. He quotes here, I don't know the original Yiddish, but he quotes that there's a Yiddish um, saying that says that a worm's, when, it, when a worm sits in horseradish, it thinks there's nothing sweeter, right? Because the wor- worm in the horseradish never tasted an apple, never tasted honey. So he thinks that this bitter horseradish is the sweetest thing in the world. But if he were to taste an apple or to taste something sweet, he would know that there's something better. So he says somebody could claim that Hashem says, you know, why does Hashem pick the Jewish people? Because he has no better options. Okay, who else is he going to pick? We know how Yishmael responded when Hashem offered them the Torah. We know how Esau responded. So Hashem says, okay, the best thing I can do is the Jews. But but not that they're so great, but they're the best of all the choices. That's why the Pasuk goes on to say, Kili Kalaretz, I have everything. There's, there's so many choices. I can create whatever I want. I can make whatever I want. I love you. You are my school of you are the ones that I love. You are my treasure. I have everything and I could create everything and yet I found nothing more precious than the Jewish people. You're the only ones that I love. You're a, you're a real treasure. You're a real treasure to me. So we, we should appreciate that. So I think we could take these two ideas that we could take these, these two ideas together that uh, even though they're really not so connected but if we realize how much Hashem loves us, and we realize what 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 is chosid is for us to to be able to accept the Torah, this is the lead up to Kabbalah Satera that we're all going to accept this week. We know that the parsha inspires the time of the year. So if if this is the week that we we read about uh, about Matan Torah, so we all have to do some kind of reconnecting to our Matan Torah to Kabbalah Satera. So what we have to do is we have to know we have to know that Hashem loves us Am Segula, and not because He didn't have any better options, but because there is no such thing as a better option, and Hashem never forgets about us. He's constantly touching his pocket, like Rapinka said he did on the airplane. Hashem is constantly touching his pocket to make sure that we're still there. He's looking out for us. He's thinking about us. And with that, we should know that there really are only two roads. There's a life with Torah and a life without Torah, and it's really no choice. But we don't have that clear revelation that we had, that that our forefathers had by Matan Torah. And therefore, we have the ability to accept the Torah as a a free will. We could say Nasev and Ishma this week, like the Jewish people people did there, and like they really did later on in the story of Purim, and we should all be zeicha to feel that we, that Hashem is constantly touching us to make sure that we're still there, Hashem is constantly checking on us and check and, and conducting every moment of our lives, and we should, re, we should re-accept the Torah, Nasev and Nishma, we should think about it and get that clarity, even though we don't have the revelation that our forefathers had, but we should work on ourselves to get to that clarity like the Jews did by the story of Purim, I wish you all a beautiful, wonderful Shabbos and a Lichtige Kabbalah Satur. Tyra.